Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, uh, your time for this. I really appreciate it. Um, I guess as to start, can you give us some background? Um, how did you get in cybersecurity? What kind of roles you held in the past? Sure. Well, glad to be here. Thank you. So I've been in IT for about 25 years, and I'd say 20 years ago was when I first got into cybersecurity as part of my role as just general IT operations, architecture, and day-to-day uh, -day management of a technology and company. So I got my CSSP almost 20 years ago, and from there, I kind of started my career in cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. And over the years, I got my, uh, my CISM, my CISA, and just like other training like forensics. So all along, it's been part of the role for me and the duty in just running IT operations. But I'd say really in the last few years, I focused a lot more on cybersecurity, taking on a role as a CISO, mm -hmm. a national mortgage company. I understand. I understand. And um, for from your kind of vantage point, uh, what kind of advice would you give to someone who is uh, more junior? So someone who is just either getting into the field or kind of uh, they're kind of in a more junior position or even a student in a, in a university uh, and they're looking at this growing field of cybersecurity, what kind of advice would you give yourself, your 20 year old self, what, what do you tell them to do differently? Well, I think now there's so many opportunities like before. Uh, cybersecurity is so important. In the past, years ago, you didn't get the funding, you didn't get support from the board or, or senior management. Today, you have that. So there's endless opportunities. I think it's really important to get your training. And I'm still a big believer in the certs. It's a foundation of your skills. And also just having a general IT background helps. I understand. I understand. That's awesome. And, and for someone you would consider a peer, a CISO, maybe in a financial services company, or just kind of a CISO in general, uh, what we're hearing from members that sometimes it could be challenging uh, when you're dealing with either senior management, CEOs, or the board, or even kind of counterparts on the IT side, the CIOs and CTOs, because not always they have the understanding of what cybersecurity professionals are dealing with. They don't fully understand uh, the risks and the potential liability. Uh, and often they see uh, CISOs as kind of blockers to progress. And uh, what will be your advice to your, your peers in terms of some of the best practices and your view on how to manage those relationships? So uh, you get a sense that everyone is kind of rowing in the same direction rather than being antagonistic. Well, I think the key is early on, you have to build relationships with your peers and with your management and, and the leaders of the company. It's very important to get you know, their confidence in your ability and your roadmap that we get funding and you get traction for resources. I understand, makes sense. And um, kind of, I, I know that it's the technology in general just changing so much. It seems there are kind of a, so many different new threat vectors that are emerging and it's always kind of uh, a tug of war between kind of the red team and the blue team. And everyone is trying to figure out what the future is going to look like. If you had this crystal ball that would tell you what would keep everyone up at night 12 months from now, what would be the kind of the top three challenges in your view that will be even more prevalent than they are now, or maybe some emerging uh, issues that you think will be more and more important for, for CISOs in general and CISOs in financial services in particular? Well, I think, I think part of the most important today, what I see is supply chain risk. 
I mean, we've seen SolarWinds, Casey, and others. And, you know, how do you gauge your software that's running your environment? It may not be when you, you directly support, maybe when your partner supports it. So understand, you know, a third and fourth part of risk is key. Really maturing out your vendor management program, you know, to, to hold your, your vendors more accountable and understand, you know, what risk do they have to your environment, including PI risk. Uh, the second biggest issue that I see is really, especially for companies that have PII, you know, how do you manage that? Right now, I'm going through a pretty large program for data discovery, classification, retention, and deletion. You know, look at organizations in the past. That was not really managed properly. It was not really you know, considered years ago. Now it's forefront. You have regulations from CCPA, from NYDFS, and other states that actually have teeth today that will go out and find you for breaches. And it's very important you, your controls are, are mature enough for these frameworks. And do you think that's more kind of along the lines of complying with various um, uh, regulatory requirements, or is it more just from the perspective to decrease the attack surface and just not, not owning uh, personal identifiable information if, if you, there is no business case for, for having it in the first place, or maybe both? Well, if you're looking up the happy eye, that's, that's wonderful, but uh, a lot of organizations still do. Uh, you know, the, the tax service is very important because that's really your posture. You look at all the breaches happening. You know, I'm a big believer in monitoring what's your peer posture because companies that have been breached time and time again, they rank lowest compared to their peers. You know, my strategy is my goal is I want to rank in the top, you know, 10 to 20 percentile of my peers at all times on mm -hmm. the perimeter. So not to be an easy uh, low-hanging fruit for, for, for an attacker, essentially. Well, if you have a strong external posture, then most likely you're going to have a strong internal posture as well. I see. So that was the second one. What would be the third? I would say cloud. I mean, a lot of organizations are playing catch-up on cloud. Even myself, my developers set up the environments before I got there. So we're working digitally to secure the environment. But, uh, you know... Cloud security posture management is a known term and framework that the secure environment. The big unknown is still your identities, your entitlements. So mm -hmm. as Gartner coins it, cloud infrastructure entitlement management is a new area. The vendors are still maturing, but uh, you could have tens of thousands of entitlements, which are permissions to any object in your cloud environment. So it's very important to get a handle that. I understand. That makes a lot of sense. Um, well, you have a long uh, and successful career in, in IT and cybersecurity. I'm sure we have anecdotes of something outrageous or, or crazy or uh, just funny that happened. Without naming names, what would be some of the, what would be a craziest story that you can share? Again, you, you, we can protect the innocent so you don't have to, you have to name names. Well, I guess maybe I'm lucky. I don't really have a crazy story that stands out. Uh, I would say though, what's probably the most, for me, the, the interesting is, you know, taking my role on at New American because I built the strategy from scratch to transform security. The company grew enormously over 2020, had to deal with COVID. So it was like a, a triple threat I had to deal with in a short period of time. And uh, that came together quite well. Uh, you mean like work from home and all, all those issues that came with COVID, like lack of travel, dealing with uh, uh, unsecured environments in people's homes and, and getting work done from, from the kitchen table rather than from the office, right? Correct. I mean, I saw this coming probably in late 2019 and uh, made sure the supply chain was uh, met properly for computers and other resources. Mm -hmm. We hired over 2,600 employees in 2020. 
Wow. In the mortgage industry, there's a lot of hiring, but also churn. So you have to manage that. But also I pivoted from an SD-WAN project for all the branches to SASE mm-hmm. to move the controls uh, from the branches to the endpoints. That's awesome. Yeah, so included a secure web gateway, CASB, as well as DLP, uh, endpoint firewalls, and other controls to make sure that we were secure. That's excellent. Um, thanks for sharing this. One of the things that we um, kind of switching gears a little bit, uh, one of the things that we plan uh, for our membership site uh, right now, it's just kind of a way for members to browse who else is on board and maybe reach out and connect. But eventually we're thinking of building uh, a vendor directory so that members can rate uh, various vendors because we feel even if it's one or two reviews, but it has a name and a face attached to it, members will find it very kind of valuable um, versus something like Gartner, for example, or G2 Crowd, where you may have a lot more reviews, but you don't really know who those people are and how relevant that would be. And with this in mind, um, I know you probably deal with a lot of different cybersecurity uh, providers and vendors or whatnot, kind of in the last six months or so, who, who would you say, whom would you, would you give a shout out to who kind of blew your mind and totally um, uh, over delivered on the expectations? Uh, I would say there's a few. I mean, uh, I like Pantera for pen testing. I'm on my own. I like Gitpol. Uh, that's G-Y-T-P-L out of Israel. They really help to secure my environment for config management and group policy enforcement, as well as zero day blocking. Uh, mm-hmm. CrowdStrike has been wonderful. Uh, you know, I got hit with Casey on a couple dozen servers and that blocked it right away. So I still don't understand why ransomware and phishing is a problem because for myself, I don't see it as a big threat. There's tools out there, there's controls, there's frameworks. It's manageable. I understand. Awesome. And um, for Finia, kind of we, the main the main idea is that we we feel that if we create a community for senior cybersecurity executives and we provide various kind of benefits, a way to connect, a way to share advice, um, a way kind of bottom line, create a community that will help individual members to succeed together, both personally and professionally. And we have a lot of different initiatives that we're, pl- we're planning for next year. But from your perspective, what do you think has worked well for you as being part of Afinia? And on the flip side, what do you think we could, what one kind of feature or one experience or one initiative that you think may be missing that we could explore? Well, I think definitely networking. I'm a big believer in networking with peers, sharing stories, sharing concerns, challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's missing is, like a lot of groups today, is that I think the face-to-face interactions in person. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if that's the roadmap, but it'd be great to have like regional meetings together. Mm-hmm. That's, um, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because we, uh, um, on the meeting face-to-face in smaller groups, one, uh, you may have seen in the... Um, CISO wire updates that we send out every week. We send, uh, we, we're hosting quarterly CISO mastermind calls. And, and those are kind of the Zoom, half, uh, half an hour to 45 minutes calls for a dozen or so cybersecurity executives of a certain industry. We had two so far, one for financial services and one uh, for healthcare. And if it's, it's something that um, some of our members found very interesting because actually you can put a name to your face and you can say, well, my superpower is dealing with ransomware, but I really could use some help in uh, migrating to the cloud. And as you go around the room, 
you you get to to meet those people and you can connect offline and and collaborate and troubleshoot and a lot uh, a lot of uh, people that a lot of members um, kind of found it useful and it's only quarterly it's only about half an hour to 45 minutes so it's not a big uh, time commitment that's one but the other face to face uh, we're just gauging comfort level of our members to meet again probably a dozen or so people for dinners um, and kind of various cities and it's definitely something that we're we feel a lot of people find value as you mentioned regional events. So that's where we will start. We just want, again, uh, not large scale and more, I guess, casual, a way for people to meet each other. Um, we'll definitely start it in Q1 next year and we'll see how, we'll see how it goes. Great, looking forward to it. Excellent. Well, um, we're almost coming up on time. Um, uh, is, is there anything that you wanna add um, either about Athenia or about, um, something you wish we had or um, anything you want to share with our members? Uh, I just want to say thank you for having me be a member of Athenia. Thank you for having the opportunity for us to join. And for any other members, uh, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Excellent. So let me just stop.